Hello and welcome to the Emmy Awards. I'm your host, Emmy Cardinale, and this is my podcast where I talk about what I've been watching or rewatching once a week. If this is the first episode of mine that you listen to and you enjoy it, please feel free to follow me wherever you listen to podcasts. All my social media is linked down below so you can stay up to date with any delays and such. This episode will go out sometime over the weekend. I, I didn't end up recording it on Thursday like I normally record on Thursday, but honestly, the last few episodes I've recorded on Thursdays and then I just spend so much time editing them that they don't I don't even get them out on Friday anyway so like this will probably be out Sunday because I'm recording it Friday like at this rate I don't think that I'll get it up the day after I'm, I'm trying so hard to make the podcast good that I've just been editing it a lot not like censoring myself but just if there are pauses I kind of have gotten into a place where I, I don't really like stop the recording I, I will just like, there are like long pauses sometimes or anyways, that's neither here nor there. I, I always go on a tangent. This is my last episode of the year, which is exciting and, and crazy, but because it's my last episode, I am going to just do a year in the year in review. I wrote down every show that I watched that I could remember and I don't know if I'm going to go through all of them because I honestly don't know if I have everything like stuff to say about all of them, but I'll probably like mention every show that I've watched and give like brief thoughts. But to that regard, I don't think there's going to be timestamps in the description unless I like talk about something for like a significant amount of time because there's going to be a lot of like short mentions so maybe i'll just like group the short mentions and stuff like that because i don't anticipate going on about every single show that i talked about because some shows i'm like i watched this and i don't i either didn't love it and i don't really have much to say besides i didn't love it or i did like it but i don't have much to say beyond that so i i'm i'm gonna touch on everything i watched but i'm not gonna go into detail and share like all of my thoughts but i do just want to mention everything that i watched i don't know why i I feel the need to do that it's a year in review i want to be extensive but that's the goal for this episode not going to be a structured recap or review just list of shows i watched and my thoughts some brief and some more detailed about the shows that I watched. Before I jump into that, some personal news. I became a U.S. citizen this week. I was not born in the United States. I was born in Venezuela and I moved here at three years old and I finally became a citizen this week at 24 years old, which was a nice way to end the year. Like I'm, I'm really grateful. In terms of, even though this is like what I watched in review, in terms of like life updates, I think probably the biggest one is that I became a US citizen. I also started fostering this year and I adopted my second cat, Ernesto. He was one of my first fosters. I've loved fostering cats. I recently vacation fostered two cats that honestly like really I grew attached to one of them and because I was a vacation foster like I only had them for 10 days and giving them up was really hard like people always ask me if or they say to me like that they couldn't foster because they think they would just get too attached to like every single cat and the thing is like I do genuinely care like I've cared about every single cat that I fostered but there are just some animals that like I feel like I connect with more so some fosters have been harder to to like to give up than others and but I think what's made all of it manageable and nice is that 
I know who adopts them. And because these were vacation fosters, like it was temporary. So like, I'm not going to be involved in their adoption process. I'm not even like, like I had them for such a short amount of time. And there was one that I genuinely like felt such a connection to in a way that is like genuinely, like I I really miss him and I, I feel sad. And if I could afford three cats, I would adopt him, but I have two cats and I work an entry level position. I can't afford a third cat, so unfortunately I will not be adopting him. I honestly, I just wish I had more time with him. I'm, I'm sad about that, so I had to mention it because I like to talk about what's going on in my life. And right now, the two biggest things I'm feeling are like pride in the becoming a U.S. citizen because that's like a big deal for me. You know, I've lived in this country since I was like three and I finally became a citizen. I get to vote for the first time. It's very exciting for me. It's like a, it's a big deal. And this country isn't perfect. No country is, but I'm excited to finally be a citizen of a country. Like I'm, I'm, I wasn't an American, but I grew up here. Like the United States has always been my home. Like it's just, it's, it's a weird feeling becoming a citizen, but I'm proud of myself. And I'm also at the same time sad about my foster kitten while also like, it's just, it's a very difficult feeling because I have gotten pretty good. I fostered like, like 10 kittens total this year. And I got pretty good at like feeling the sadness and letting myself be sad, but then being like, I'm so happy for what I was able to provide them in the, like, I guess there's just a level of closure that you get when a foster kitten gets adopted where you're like, well, I know who they're going to. I know this person cares about them. Like there's just a different level. And I've gotten updates from like people who have adopted my kittens. And it's just like a weird experience to not get that closure. I thought vacation fostering would be easier because I'm like, they're not my kittens. But by the end, they really felt like they were mine and then they just weren't. And it's hard. I really miss Henry. And I I needed to talk about that. I needed to mention that. So if I'm listening to this a year from now, because I do on occasion go back and listen to my old podcasts and and hear how I was doing or, or life updates at that time, because beyond just being a, a, a fun place for me to express myself like these are like mementos and it captures a moment in time for me whether it's a moment in time of like my perspective on a tv show and like listening to how i felt at the beginning of the big brother season versus the end like things like that are really interesting for me to just hear how i was feeling or how i was doing at that time so i want to if i listen back to this in a year or two i i want to know that i mentioned henry and i talked about what was on my mind because not that like every foster kitten like means something to me and i care for them as if they are my own cats while i have them but i mean i don't know if other people feel this way but i just feel like there are certain pets and animals that like you just have a different bond with than others and I just genuinely felt very connected to him in a way that I haven't with like any foster kitten since my cat Ernesto who I adopted so it's just like it's been a very emotional week for me from like highs and lows and I needed to just talk about that because that's what this podcast is for But that's what's been going on in my life. I'm excited for the new year. I'm excited to keep fostering kittens. 
I'm going to try to to reach out to his foster mom and just get updates so I can get like a sense of closure and and all of that. Like, I don't know. I'll, I'll be fine. I will. I'm trying to smile because it happened. And it's like, I don't know. It's I feel kind of like dramatic and over emotional talking about it because I'm like, it's not that serious. He wasn't my cat. I didn't have him for like that long. It was like 11 days. But it's just like, I don't know. It's it's a hard place to be emotionally for me because he did mean a lot to me and like I wish I could adopt him but I just can't afford to and that that sucks and it's also just like this was my first I didn't go home for the holidays and I made that decision like very knowingly and it was sad but it just that's neither here nor there about why I didn't go home for the holidays but it was my first Christmas not being with family and I had them over the holidays and it was kind of like I'm glad that when I think back to this Christmas, like I'll remember him and his sister and the love that, like I, I didn't feel like I was alone because I had them on Christmas. It's like so weird for me to say, but it was like, I literally like watched a movie with my sister on like FaceTime and he was just like sitting on my chest the entire time. Like he, like, I don't know. And that was the way he was like he just like the last night when I, that I had him I was trying to fall asleep and he was like sitting on top of me and so I, I picked him up and I, I, I moved him to the side so I could lay down on my side and then he like immediately curled like crawled up my shoulder and fell asleep like on my shoulder because he just he wanted to be on top of me he wanted to go to sleep on top of me and it was just like I don't know I really felt connected to him and it's just hard. And that is like a hard part of fostering that it hasn't hit me this hard with any other foster kitten, I guess. And I don't even like, I know why I'm talking about it, but I feel like it went on longer than I wanted to. And that's not what this podcast is about, but that's why there are chapters. So you can skip the life updates intro part. But anyways, this is an ode to Henry. He's not, he's he's healthy and he's good. Like I just, he's not my foster kitten anymore and I miss him. But anyways, on to the list of shows that I watched this year and my thoughts on them. Last year when I did this, I like organized it into reality TV and like other stuff. I'm not gonna do that. I just kind of wrote in mostly chronological order of like the shows I watched this year. And that's how I'm going to go through it this year. In January of 2023, I watched a few shows. I watched Gina Ye, which was a Disney Plus show, which I really liked. I was born in Venezuela and I do speak Spanish, but I feel like I've kind of, I don't, I, I wouldn't say I've lost it, but I do, it's not as good as it used to be. And I think I'm always trying to watch and consume more media in Spanish, listen to music in Spanish just because I feel like part of the reason that I lost my Spanish is is because or my Spanish I didn't lose it but it's not as strong you know as it could be is because growing up in the U.S. like everything is English around me all the time and while we spoke Spanish at home it was like you would go to school and like most of your day is English and not to say that in a negative capacity at all. I was an English major, like I love English, but I do sometimes wish that my Spanish was better than it is. Anyways, I didn't mean to go on that tangent. 
but I guess that's anyways the point is it was a it was it was a Disney plus show in Spanish and I really enjoyed it and I still listen to some of the music like some of the music is on my Apple music replay for the year because the music stuck to me and I really liked it and it was like a nice plot I don't know if it got a second season I don't remember how it like ended or or any of that but it was a nice Disney show like it very much felt like a Disney show and I enjoyed it and I feel like if you're trying to learn Spanish, it's a pretty good show to watch because it's like, it's a Disney show. So it's not crazy difficult to follow the plot or like convoluted. Like I feel like if you're trying to learn a new language or practice a language, I feel like watching certain types of shows might make it more difficult. Like, I don't know if you're watching like a medical show and you're watching it in the language you're trying to learn or improve, like that could be difficult because you're like, I, I can barely follow what they're saying. <laughs> You know what I mean? So it's like a good show in that capacity because it's like a Disney show. So the plot's easy to follow. The the dialogue is easy to follow and the music's good. The plot is fun. There's a lot of characters. It was a really fun, easy watch. Early in the year, I also watched The Traders, which I loved and is funny now in retrospect because when I was watching it, that was my first introduction to Sari Fields. I'd never watched Survivor. And I, wa I watched it, I think, primarily because Ari Leyendijk from The Bachelor was on it. And I was like, I'll check this out. Like, I love a reality TV show. I think there was somebody else on it that I was interested in, but I can't remember who now. Oh, I mean, Cody Calafiori from Big Brother was on it. And I, like, d didn't particularly... Was there somebody else that I liked who was on it? Because I'm not a big Ca Cody Calafiori fan, but I was like, I know him. Anyways, I tuned into the show because I was like, I recognized some of the cast people. And I was like, why not? It, it would be fun. And that was my first introduction to Suri. And it's just really funny because I feel like if I had told Emmy at the beginning of the year who was watching The Traders that Suri Fields would be like a very important role in like Big Brother, which consumed my, I, I don't even want to say summer because it wasn't the summer, but like late summer to fall 100 days of my life was basically consumed by big brother if i had like told myself while i was watching the traders for the first time like sari field will go on big brother and this season will like consume your life like i don't know it's just interesting to think about myself watching the traders and being introduced to sari and like falling in love with her gameplay and like rooting for her and being so happy that she won like it, it's funny to think about me watching that show then to like how my feelings towards her not changed but like grew and my understanding of her grew and all of that through big brother like it's just it's really funny to think about the fact that this was this year i don't know it's crazy how much changes and happens another show i watched early in the year was that 90s show the first season and it sucked and i wouldn't recommend it i literally did like a deep dive where i went episode by episode and recapped the plot and i literally i titled the episode <laughs> i watched that 90s show so you don't have to and like i stand by that like don't watch the show it's like fine like it wasn't atrocious or horrible and i know a lot of the actors are it's like their first experience so like it's not even a, like I, i'm not even trying to discount like the acting or any of that it's just like wasn't that good of a plot the characters were just okay the cameos like it's just it's one of those shows where i feel like and i'm sure i said this in my recap of it but i i don't hate like revivals or spin-offs when i feel like there's an interesting 
story there to tell. And I'm not saying that that 90s show didn't have an interesting one, but I feel like it relied too much on the past lore and like the cameos of the old characters. And that's not to say that like, if they do a season two, will I watch it? Yeah. Will I see how the characters go? Yeah. But I just like, and I was never a big fan. Like I've seen most of the, the episodes, but I haven't rewatched the show many times. I can't really remember plot points. Like I'm, I'm just, I've, I've never been that invested in it. But from what I remember, like that '70s show, like the humor and the characters, it was a little bit more interesting. Like this one, I just didn't. I also don't love like the whole premise of the show is that like she's there for the summer. I just don't love that. It's like then a whole year, like you're setting it up narratively that we're missing like a whole year of this of the story because probably when you pick up and, and not to say that that can't work but I just it just it wasn't that good I wouldn't recommend it I guess is my synopsis and then the next show that I remember watching early in the year was Ginny and Georgia season two it was okay as well it it was better than that 90s show I think Ginny and Georgia Ginny and Georgia is an interesting show because I enjoy it when I'm watching it, but it's just not a show that for me ages well or that I want to revisit. Like it's interesting when I'm watching it, but it's just never a show where I'm like, that was really good. Or I like, it ages poorly for me and not in the sense that like it becomes offensive or it becomes, it just, it's one of those shows where the more I think about it and the more I revisit it, the like cringier, cringier it gets. Like it's a show that when I'm watching it, I'm like, okay, this is fine. But then when I think back to it, I'm like, why did they do that? Why did they write it this way? Why did they do X, Y, and Z? I just, I don't love the show for that reason. Will I watch the next seasons? Probably. I'm not gonna lie. I am probably gonna watch the next few seasons. I do really like Marcus and Ginny's relationship. I think Ginny and George's relationship within itself is really interesting. There are like moments and like pieces of the show that I like enough that I'm not gonna stop watching it. But it's just one of those shows where I have more notes than I have like praise for, I guess. It's one of those shows where I'm like, I would change this. I, I, I don't love this more than I come away being like, I loved that overwhelmingly. But I'm still gonna watch it, I guess. And I, so I, I guess, they won for that reason. Another show I watched this year was Not Dead Yet, the Gina Rodriguez show. I never finished it. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't finish it. It was just okay. Like I like the premise of she writes obituaries and she suddenly gets like talks to ghosts. I enjoyed that, I guess, but it just got kind of, I don't know, I only watched first four or five episodes. I didn't finish. It, I don't know if it got renewed. I also, I am very open to to watching most shows. Like I'll, I'll give things a chance. And I was interested in this, not because Gina Rodriguez was in it, because I'm not the biggest Gina Rodriguez fan, but because it was about newspapers. And I do, that's the field I work in. And this takes place in Southern California. Like this is hypothetically about like the kind of place that I'm like, none of this is accurate. I'm, maybe it's accurate to some Southern California newspapers. I'm not gonna say that like no newspaper is like this, but it just didn't feel. I also don't know, like I'm not a reporter. So I will say some of the characters are interesting. I do like the general premise. It is one of those shows that I would consider going back if I if I was like in the mood to watch something with shorter episodes 
that I hadn't seen before because sometimes I'm in the mood to like watch something I haven't seen before. I'm a big rewatcher, but sometimes I'm like, I want to watch something that I like, I, li- I have no idea what happens next. So it is one of those shows where I feel like maybe I would go back and, and watch a few episodes because it wasn't like anything that was like difficult to watch or that would be much of a commitment. But it was also just not something that really stuck with me. Like it's not a show that I'm like itching to revisit but that I would maybe one day if I was like, I wonder whatever happened on that show that I would check it out, I guess, is how I feel about that show. But anyways, the next show that I watched this year was One of Us is Lying on Peacock. I had Peacock because I had, I had watched The Traders and my sister had watched the show and she like recommended it to me. I know I talked about it in one of my early episodes. I really liked it. I feel like I don't have much to say beyond like what I talked about in my episode so if you want to know my thoughts on like the plot in general check out that episode not to like plug myself but i enjoyed it like a lot it made me like want to read the books did i no i i kind of i don't know i've heard the books aren't that good but i i don't know because everybody has different opinions and like maybe i would like it and for me it's like not that the plot doesn't matter but like if the plot like i i know the plot already and i find the plot interesting like i enjoyed the plot so the only thing that would really like turn me off from the book is if i just didn't like the like the prose itself and like the way it was written because sometimes some authors it's like an interesting idea but if you just don't like the way it's written like it's hard to read sometimes if you're like this is an i don't know if that makes sense like there's some stories that are so like books that are so wonderful to read not just because of the plot itself but because of how it's written and so that would be my only turn off i I, maybe i'd need to read more reviews if people are like the prose sucks or if they were like the plot's too predictable because that wouldn't matter to me i already know the plot i already know the ending i watched the show i liked the show it had like interesting characters i liked the general premise was it maybe a kind of a cop-out annoying ending? A little bit, but also like not really. Like, I don't know. It was it was an interesting plot twist, but I didn't hate it. Like the, the plot twist, I mean, I liked the series overall, like genuinely. I liked the characters. I was invested in the storylines. I did like, I liked season one more than I liked season two, but it was a good show. I, I do recommend it if you have peacock especially if you like mysteries like the premises a kid dies and like they're in detention so you have to figure out like who he was like poisoned so somebody here had to have poisoned him yada 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 so if you like that kind of thing i recommend if you have peacock um the next show that i watched this year was you season four and boy did i have critiques of you season four it was it sucked you was one of those shows which I feel like it gets to a point where you have to pivot and I just haven't loved the pivots they've made. Like I think season one, you get an introduction to to Joe and his stalkery ways. And then season two, he moves to a new location and loves in the picture. And then the plot twist at the end of season two, spoiler, is that love is also like a serial killer like Joe. So then season three, I thought was so good and interesting because it's them navigating a relationship and learning to be parents while both of them are trying to suppress the other's murderous ways, you know? And they also kill for different reasons and react differently to their killing. Joe justifies everything and he, like, he, re, like, they just, it, season three was so good. But then, in my opinion, they ruined 
the show when they killed love off and like i get that like he's a serial killer so he's gonna kill her but like season four just sucked because it's like what other story is there to tell and i don't like the route they went like i don't think i think structurally the releasing five episodes and then five other episodes like a month later was the dumbest idea ever and i think that was netflix's choice i don't think that they made the show knowing that from my understanding and i think it shows because that was just such a stupid decision because it wasn't even like it was airing every week and people could pick up clues it was like you had half of the show to like go through for like a month to the point where the twist everybody figured it out and it was also in my opinion like a really shitty twist it was a really i'm, I'm not a fan of the route they went like it was kind of a cop-out i also like I, I don't i didn't like the characters as much i just feel like season three was so interesting and i feel like the show could have been really really interesting if like joe had died and then they had followed love and i know that joe was the main character so they weren't going to do that but i just think that joe within him like he's just not interesting to me anymore like structurally it was not good the way they did it the format and the plot itself felt like a cop-out the whole dissociation it's like an alternate identity or like a dissociative identity or dissociative fugue or whatever the like formal i don't like that i don't like it i don't like it i think i feel like it's kind of like i i don't even know if i want to say lazy writing but it's just not compelling because i i feel like that trope and that like kind of disorder and experience most of the time when it's portrayed on tv it's done so in a sensational murderous like dangerous way that really like does a disservice to like the majority of people who struggle with some kind of mental health disorder specifically involving like dissociative identity disorder i don't know if that is exactly what it was meant to be but most dissociative disorders are like trauma-based disorders like dissociation is something that your body does in response to trauma so i just and obviously joe is a character that's been established to have trauma but the majority of people who are traumatized and then dissociate like who experience those things they're not like they don't become violent and i just think that when that is used in media as an explanation or a twist of like why somebody is like murdering or there's like a part of them that is com like i just i feel like that's such an unnecessary like overdone portrayal of that kind of experience like it, it i feel like most of the examples i can think of of some kind of like dissociative thing where where somebody is like not you know like I feel like most of the time when dissociation in that capacity is like portrayed on tv it's done so in a like oh there's like a scary version of them that's like evil and i just feel like that is so inaccurate very gross and it's like i i, I just i don't like it i don't like it i didn't like it all in all and now it's like i don't know where they're gonna go from there i think you should have just given up at some point like i don't know like i think i got a season five and it's like what are they gonna do now i know it's based off of the books i don't know if the books i don't know if it was just one book or if it's a series and it's like like i don't know how closely it followed the book i don't know i never read the book but 
I was just not a fan. And I just don't think that dissociation and dissociative identities should be portrayed that way. And I like I feel like it's overdone and all it does is like vilify people who have like a disorder that originates from some kind of trauma, if that makes sense. Like it's it it's just why are we still doing that? But anyways. The next show that I watched this year was Perfect Match on Netflix. I really enjoyed it. I like that. I I I I have notes. I like I liked the contestants, and for that reason, I enjoyed the show. I don't love the format. Like I, I feel like there were just not many stakes because at the end you like vote on the perfect match, but like I don't know. It's it's just it's interesting to me too because compared to like there's a show called Are You the One where literally like you're there's 20 contestants or 22 contestants or one year one time it was like 16 contestants and everybody has like a perfect match that you've been paired with and assigned and then they have to figure it out and if you do you get the money like it's split evenly and stuff like that like that show to me i feel like does what perfect match maybe wanted to do a bit better i mean it's also different because perfect match it's like there's only one perfect match it was interesting in the capacity that it brought a bunch of like netflix i feel like it was netflix's version of like bachelor in paradise where they're bringing back a bunch of popular single contest or controversial or whatever contestants from other shows to be kind of like an all-stars of the netflix reality tv scene it's interesting in that capacity but i just feel like the structure itself and like the, the people were very interesting so it was a fun watch but overall it was like the stakes weren't that good and like the competitions weren't that interesting and the finale of like who you vote for the perfect match didn't make sense like a couple literally got engaged and they didn't win perfect match they weren't voted the perfect match it didn't make sense but anyways, Love is Blind, I've talked about, and I, I feel like I have nothing more to say about Love is Blind, but that was an okay, I think there were two seasons this year. One was fine. Season four aired this year, and that one was good. They, the couples felt more real. There was enough drama, but it wasn't horrible. Season five was probably the worst season of Love is Blind, like, so far. The worst part of Love is Blind season four was like the reunion because it wasn't live. And then Vanessa Lachey kept asking them if they wanted, like when they were gonna get pregnant as if she was trying to like steal their babies. Like it was the weirdest thing ever. But overall, like the couples seemed more real. There was like enough conflict mixed with love. Like there was a good balance. It was a good season of TV. I enjoyed it. Season five, it was not enjoyable to watch. It was it was just not good all around. There, there were allegations that came out about it. They completely erased a couple, which is not a foreign thing that like they've done that before where five couples get engaged, but they only like follow three or something. That's not like out of the ordinary. But it's especially weird this season because they only had like two couples, I think that even made it to the like honeymoon-esque vacation they go on after they get engaged. There weren't that many couples there. And then one of them like broke up because he hated that she wore makeup. Like it was just so uneventful. There were like maybe two couples and then they didn't even show like the other one that they had. Why? I don't get it. Season five just sucked. Like I wouldn't recommend it. Another show that I watched this year was Vanderpump Rules. And I did talk about this quite a bit on the podcast. And I do recommend Vanderpump Rules to anybody who is interested in Vanderpump Rules. 
I started watching it because of Scandaval. Like, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I fell down a rabbit hole. I had no idea who any of these people were. And then I was like, there's two Toms and one of them was married. And like, I, I fell down the whole rabbit hole of learning the lore. And then I was like, this sounds so interesting. And I went back and I started from, I watched season nine first. And then I watched the beginning of 10. 10 hadn't like finished airing yet. I had watched like the first three episodes of season 10. And then I liked that. And I was like, because season nine didn't have the, like a lot of the people like Stassi was no longer there. Jax was no longer there. So then I was like, if I watch season eight, I think I'd rather just start from the beginning so I can get to know these people and like follow them instead of like starting backwards. I watched seasons nine and 10 because nine and 10 had mostly the same cast. So, but then I went back and I watched from the beginning and it's really good. Like it's a really good reality TV show. I really liked it as somebody who lives in LA. I especially liked it because I was like, this is nice to watch. Like, I don't know. There's something nice about watching like the city you live in, like on TV, people existing in the city you live in a different capacity than you do. Because I didn't, I, I don't work at a restaurant in West Hollywood, but like I know I've been to, I go to West Hollywood. You know what I mean? It's just, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. And, and I think watching the entire season really puts, or the entire show really puts Scandaval into perspective because like infidelity is kind of, not the norm, but it's something that actually happens quite a bit on Vanderpump Rules. Like it's it's the beginning of Vanderpump Rules. Vanderpump Rules literally started as they did ki- like kind of like a backdoor pilot. I don't know if that's what you call it, but it was an episode of the Real Housewives of Be- Beverly Hills where Sheena, who worked at Sir, which is Lisa Vanderpump's restaurant, she had had an affair with Brandy. Don't know her last name. Brandy's husband, she was like, she had had an affair and there was an episode of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills where Sheena kind of, they hash it out and then it transitions into the premiere, like the the pilot of Vanderpump Rules. So like Vanderpump Rules literally started not solely on infidelity, but like infidelity was always kind of in the fabric, you know? that they weaved into the blanket that is Vanderpump Rules. I don't know what this analogy is, but my point is that infidelity was always like a part of it. Like it's just, it's interesting because I feel like Scandaval was this phenomenon and then you like take a moment and you're like, why? Like people cheat and it's horrible, but a lot of people cheat. Like why did this become such a big thing? But then when you watch everything and you see the context, like it's just, great show like genuinely i would recommend it it's great reality tv i loved it i'm very excited for season 11. the next show i watched this year was yellow jackets which i also talked about quite a bit on this podcast and i i love it i love it every once in a while i'll like start watching a show and i like really like it for a little bit and like I become a fan, like even Vanderpump. I feel like I went through a phase where I was like, I watched everything and like I became a fan. And I think I will be a fan going forward in the sense that I'll watch it. But then there are shows that I watch and I'm like, this is this is gonna become part of my personality in the way that I feel like Gilmore Girls is kind of a part of my personality, you know? You know, those like starter packs on, people would be like starter packs and they would post stuff that is like, core to who they are like i feel like i have some shows that are like part of the emmy starter pack 
And I feel like Yellow Jackets quickly became one where I was like, I feel like this is going to be in my starter pack for like a little bit. I, like I, I loved it so much. I named some of my foster kittens after Yellow Jackets characters because I just became so enthralled in it. And I'm very excited for season three. I'm literally right now I'm, I'm editing. Like I did my podcast deep dives, but I wanted to do visuals for them. So I'm editing the season one deep dive now for Yellow Jackets. I, I just, I, I love the show so much and I'm excited for the future of it because I think there's so much story still to be told and I'm excited for where it goes next. Another show I watched this year, which I actually didn't talk about on the podcast, because it was right when the SAG strike started. Like literally I was planning on doing a deep dive on season one and then a deep dive on season two when season two finished airing of the summer I turned pretty. Like that was my plan. And then the strike started and and I was like, I'm not gonna talk about scripted TV because the actors aren't talking about it. So I just like, I didn't end up talking about the summer I turned pretty like at all, but I really liked season two. I think it's interesting because I haven't read the books. I did read To All The Boys I've Loved Before. So I, I do know like generally her writing style and I, think Jenny Han is such a good writer genuinely and I I would love to read the books I part of me was like I I don't want to be spoiled even though I don't know I don't know why I care but maybe I will read the books but I think it's funny because people were like I saw so many people being like season two is such a bad time to be team Conrad and I really like watching season one. I wasn't really team either of them. I thought Conrad was kind of an asshole, but I didn't really like Jeremiah for Belly. I felt like he literally only started liking her because she turned pretty where I feel like Conrad, there was this hint and implication that he liked her longer, like that he genuinely liked her and he remembered parts of of their connection from when they were younger and that like still stayed with him. Like there was a different implication to Conrad but to me it also didn't justify also being an asshole like I don't really I wasn't I really wasn't team either of them like I was like I don't really like either of them right now and I was like I guess if I have to pick I would rather go with Conrad because I just feel like there's something a bit more there but I I really I didn't like Conrad that much in season one and everybody was like season two is such a bad season if you're team Conrad because it's based off the books and I genuinely loved Conrad in season two obviously watching season one and knowing that he's dealing with this unimaginable grief like some of his behavior is like okay I get it like I'm not shitting on him for being kind of a dick when he's like processing the fact that his mom has cancer and not only processing the fact that like his mom's dying but the fact that his mom isn't like talking about it and his brother like nobody knows it's not like they all know and they're grieving together it's like the secret that he's keeping I don't know that must be really like mentally crazy to go through so like I get that but but season two Conrad I feel like we just saw more of his personality like he wasn't just a one-tone asshole the entire time he was like funny I just I liked him a lot more in season two obviously he had moments where he was not the best boyfriend to belly but we also saw really tender sweet moments of him and belly that made me like genuinely root for him like I I liked him way more in season two than I did season one which was interesting to me because everybody was like you're gonna hate Conrad and it's like okay he was he wasn't the best but I I feel like he became a three-dimensional not that he was like one-dimensional in season one but he just felt 
Like, I, I just liked him a lot better in season two. I really like the Samurai Turn Pretty. I think it's very well done. It's very well written. I love, like, the voiceovers. It, it's beautiful. I feel like you can really tell when, not always, but I feel like a lot of the times when a book is adapted into, like, a movie or a TV show, I feel like you can really tell if the author had, like, a role in it because it feels so literary when there is, like, an author included. Like, I felt that way about the person, like, I, I feel that way about the Percy Jackson series so far in Disney+, Plus, where, like, it feels very literary because not only is it based off of a book, but the author is a part of it. Like there are other book to, to film or movie translations where like I, it doesn't feel like it translates because that literary aspect is gone and it kind of becomes flat. And I feel like The Samurai Turned Pretty, I've never read the book, but it still feels literary. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it does in my mind. So I really like The Samurai Turn Pretty. I do eventually, maybe now in retrospect, or I, I don't know, want like want to do a deep dive. Maybe I'll do one ahead of season three, like when around when season three is coming out, before season three comes out, I'll, I'll retroactively do deep dives on seasons one and two. But I don't know, we'll see. Maybe if, if, if I feel like there's a lull and I don't have much to talk about or I, I have extra time, Right now, I'm like any extra time I have for this podcast, I'm, I'm really just spending on like the videos for my YouTube. So I just like, I, I don't have time to do a deep dive on something else because I'm working on a video version of the Yellow Jackets deep dives. So when the next deep dive comes, who knows? Although I will, if the Yellow Jackets deep dives are not done, like the video versions, I'm still gonna take a break to do a deep dive on the Percy Jackson series when that's completely done because that deserves my time. So anyways, but Maybe eventually I'll do retroactive deep dives on the summer I turn pretty because I'm I'm sure if I rewatch it and take detailed notes I can have plenty to say. Anyways, on to the next show. The next show I watched this year was the Ultimatum, the queer love version. I have watched season one of the straight version. I know there was a season two of the straight version that came out after the queer one. It came out recently actually. And I watched like two episodes and I like, I couldn't, I couldn't get into it. I think the ultimatum as a premise and a structure is not that interesting to watch. That's just my opinion because you know what it is, is that the stakes are so low. Like the stakes are so low. These couples come in who have been together for a solid amount of time and one wants to get engaged and one doesn't. So th there's all this history of these people that you don't actually know, like their relationship. And there's not much at stake because it's like you do a trial. Like I guess the only stakes are, are the like trial marriages you do with the other people. But it's just like in like there are no stakes. It's like you either say yes or no to the ultimatum or you never talk. And it's like that's actually not true. Like these people knew each other before the show. And like, obviously when you're on a show where you meet for the first time, the stakes are also like up to interpretation, but it's just, I don't know. There's like a weird level to it where it's like, I feel like you could just go on the show and establish ahead of time and be like, I think, you know, we'll end together, but we want to be on, like there are just, there are no stakes. And the queer version was really interesting because the, the people were more compelling. And I'm not saying that straight people aren't as compelling. 
I'm just saying there was something about the layers, the, the different people. It was very interesting. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Maybe it felt a little bit more new or like different. I don't know. And I, I, I thought season one was okay of the like the straight version, but I don't know why season two, I was just like, I can't get into it. It was just not that interesting to me, but I, I liked the ultimatum queer lot. I'm a big Bachelor fan and I think we've reached a point where people are like why don't they do a gay bachelor and i think the biggest point is i, I don't know how well the struck like the format of the bachelor like a main season of the bachelor would work for like same-sex relationships because all of the contestants could just date each other so then the lead is kind of obsolete it's like how do they pick the lead and would that even matter because if you're all gay you can just date each other like the lead is kind of obsolete in that that scenario but I, I feel like they could do a bachelor in paradise where it's all gay people i don't know <laughs> but i think it's great when there is a format that that lends itself to that kind of thing to make it more inclusive because i i think it's just interesting it's nice to not just watch the same kind of people on tv all the time it's part of the reason i love the golden bachelor because i i was watching a different kind of love story like variety is always a good thing like there's this some people are like diversity is so pointless or nobody that I, I ascribe to their beliefs feels that way. But I'm, I'm sure there are some people who are like, why does everything have to be gay? And it's like, it's not even about that. It's just about the fact that it's more interesting. It's not about filling a quota or like whatever. It's about genuinely, it's interesting TV and stories when it's not like repetitive and the same kind of people over and over and over again. You know, like it's just, it's more interesting to watch a different kind of love story. Like the Golden Bachelor was great, not because, you know, you need more old representation, which I obviously think people and of all ages can find love and, 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 and be romantic. And that's obviously a great thing to portray, but it was also great TV because it was something I hadn't seen before. Like, it's that simple. It's that simple. <laughs> it's really, it's really that simple. So anyways... I, I did like the ultimatum queer love and speaking of queer love I didn't even I, I didn't even put these next to each other in my notes for that transition but it worked I started watching the l word this year I have not finished it not because it's bad just because every I, sometimes I'll start a new show and then I'll like I'll watch like two seasons in a row and then I'll get distracted with another show and I forget that I, I started it but I really like the l word so far it has its problematic moments because, you know, it's from like the 2000s, but like the early 2000s, but it's really good so far. I like the characters. I like the, the storytelling, the structure, all of that. It's a really good show so far for the most part. I really am enjoying the L word. It also, it takes place in LA, which I love because I, I just, I love watching shows. I feel like, and this is no hate to New York, but I feel like a lot of shows that I enjoy watching take place in new york and it's just nice every once in a while to watch a show of people who live in la and it's not even like they're all like working in entertainment like you know because i feel like sometimes shows set in la it's about like actors or people in hollywood like these are just gay women that live in la you know some one works for a museum the other one owns a coffee shop one of them cuts hair but they're not all like you know like it, it's not about it, it's not about hollywood it's just about los angeles which i enjoy because i 
live in LA and I don't like do anything in the entertainment industry, which like no hate to the entertainment industry. I love living near Hollywood. I find that really like, I, I love that about living in LA, but I also like LA for LA, not just for Hollywood. And I think it's just, I love when shows are in LA, I guess. So I'm, I'm really enjoying the L word. I haven't finished it. I'm on season four, but it's it's really good so far. The next show I watched this year was The Kardashians. It's like fine. I still don't like The Kardashians. I'm still watching their show for who knows what reason, but I don't have anything to say about their show beyond stuff I've talked about here and there. Although I am and feel like I will always, not always because nobody has my undying loyalty, especially none of the Kardashians. But most of the time I'm team Courtney. I really, I really resonate with Courtney more than I do any of the other Kardashians, which is funny because she's an Aries and I tend to not love Aries, but you know what? Aries women are different than Aries men. And that's just my truth. The next show that I watched this year, which I did touch on briefly, but I I didn't really talk about much, was XO Kitty. I loved it. That is another example of what I was saying earlier in reference to that 90s show, where I love a spinoff or like some kind of story that's still in the same universe, like established universe, if there's something interesting to be said. And I feel like XO Kitty was such an interesting way to continue a character from to all the boys I've loved before, like to continue her story in a very different, like in a different format with different characters that was telling a completely different story. And it was really like, it was interesting. It was well done. I like the fact that it was shot in, in Korea and like the actors were Korean and like, like it was just a very well done show. I, I genuinely really enjoyed it. I'm excited. I don't know if it got renewed for a second season, but I hope it did. Like it, it just did such a good job of like, it wasn't just a spinoff for there to be a spinoff or like a continuation of the story because it did well. Like sometimes, and it's obviously different because it's not like a reboot, but I feel like sometimes with stuff like that in a certain franchise or genre, like it just feels like they're doing it solely because that franchise had momentum, like had uh, like attention. So it's gonna make them money and it doesn't feel like like, it feels like they're going on about something that the story's over. Like, you don't have to keep going on and on and on. But it felt, but I didn't feel that way about Exo Kitty. Like, it genuinely felt like that was a different story to be told. And it was interesting. It was it was really interesting. Because we don't genuinely know m- much about Laura Jean and Kitty's mom. Like, we know of her. And obviously, she's very important in terms of, like, shaping them and and they talk about her but it's just a very heartwarming thing to see her like go to a school that her mom went to kitty go to a school that her mom went to and learn about her her mom's history and all these kind of things so it's just it was a really well done show i really enjoyed it and i always love watching things that are like like i i enjoyed which i actually did i didn't write this in my i didn't write this show in my notes but i'm pretty sure it happened this year white lotus actually maybe that was last year yeah okay it was last year never mind white lotus i really enjoyed i was like why didn't i write that in my notes but that didn't happen this year that's why i didn't write it in my notes but like i really liked the white lotus that like there were they were in italy and there were italian cast members that they like like i enjoy that kind of thing where it's not 
just shot in a different country with no real incorporation of like actors from that place. So I really liked that about Exo Kitty that there were like Korean actors and it was a K drama type show. Like I, I, I just I really enjoyed it. I think it was well done and I think it's also like a very heartwarming it's a great show because it's heartwarming it is interesting you get to see something shot in korea which i i don't typically watch shows <laughs> i don't think i've ever seen it like watched a show or a movie shot in korea and the architecture is beautiful the fashion's beautiful like it's just, it's nice to get like a different kind of thing than i'm used to watching and the story was really nice. The characters are really interesting. I really recommend it, I guess, is, is my point. On to the next stuff. I, I, I have a lot written down. So this episode is probably going to be a little bit longer than normal. But you know what? That's, that's good. The next, it's not even a show. It's the Bachelor franchise. Boy, do I have thoughts about how the Bachelor franchise happened this season. So Zach's season of The Bachelor was just okay. Was it the best season ever? No. Was it a horrible season? Not really. Like, it was fine. I have to say, though, I news broke that How to Win the Bachelor by Game of Roses was read on, like, that somebody was caught reading it. That news broke early on. And so I was just hoping that they would mention that. Obviously, they didn't, but I just feel like that would be such an interesting plot line. Like they, they try to manufacture drama about the most random things of, like, oh, my God, Anastasia mentioned to some of the women that you can if you make if you get this far you can get a certain amount of followers that can then get you brand deals that was a plot line but somebody reading a book called how to win the bachelor was not included and you know why because it was the front runners who were reading that book so they didn't want to like portray them negatively but that would have been so like talk about juicy plot lines that would be way more interesting than anything else. They literally on Tasha and maybe no no it was it was Michelle's season. You know you know why I said Tasha because Tasha and Caitlyn were the hosts of that season. Okay, because I was like, why did I say Tasha? This is not even close. But she was the host of that season with Caitlyn. It was Michelle's season of Bachelorette, and they literally like broke into or like it, they didn't break into. They like went to some of the guys' rooms and went through their stuff. And it was a whole plot line because a guy had notes about like, talk to Michelle about this, that, and the other. Pretend you care about this because she cares about this. That was a big plot line. And that's not even as interesting as somebody reading a book called How to Win the Bachelor, therefore implying The Bachelor is a game, which is at its core against the whole for the right reasons thing. Like somebody's for the wrong reasons because they mention Instagram, which a good amount of people in this modern day have modern modern time have instagram and that was also like her job like she was just talking about her job her career although we all know zach hates people's career. no i'm kidding there was that whole thing with greer where she like talked about how a hard time in her life was that she i i don't remember what happened but it was like at the end of a quarter and she didn't perform as well as she wanted to and zach was like that's not the same thing or whatever but that's neither here nor there i lost my train of thought Oh, my point is that they portray like the dumbest things as like for the wrong reasons, but then somebody literally reading a book called How to Win the Bachelor is not included in the edit. And I wonder why. I wonder why. Just Google the people who were caught reading the book. That's why. Because she got to the end. She didn't win though. She was 
she i feel like she could have been the bachelorette i know the production i don't know like what his official title but i know the production team of the bachelor changed this year at some point before charity season which i loved a charity season she was a great bachelorette the men were really interesting it was a great season i'm really rooting for her and dodden way better than Zach's season like the drama was good she she was just a great bachelorette because she knew what she wanted and she was firm but she there was enough drama and conflict it was a great season of the bachelorette and i really am rooting for her and dotted it's funny because talking about i mentioned earlier in this episode during my introduction that it's it's fun even just to listen to my thoughts of how i felt at the beginning of a season versus like the end of a season and I feel like charity season is such a good example of that because at the beginning I was like I love her and like I'm happy for her but most of the time couples from this show don't last very long and I don't really think that her husband's here like I I don't see it and that's fine like I hope that she finds happiness with whoever she ends up with probably after the show probably not on the show and now I'm like such a big fan of her and Dodden and I'm like no they're gonna be a success story. So even that kind of stuff is fun to have to look back on and and reflect on how much my thoughts can change on a season and stuff like that. But I I loved Charity season. I love Charity. Bachelor in Paradise season nine was horrible. Wouldn't recommend it at all. Do not watch it. It was so pointless. Literally none of the couples are still together and it was just a whole lot of nothing for a whole lot of nothing. Like I don't, the journey was not that interesting and then the destination, you got there and you found out that it was a deserted island that you don't even know why you went through that whole journey to get there. Like what was the point? I don't even know. Almost paradise, but but not paradise at all. The Golden Bachelor, I really liked. I've, I've said this before, but it was just really great tv to watch something that i had never seen and like look like it's just nice when you're not watching like the same kind of love story that you always get on the bachelor where it feels very canned sometimes it just felt very real it felt very authentic and i enjoyed it like the, the women were interesting gary was a good bachelor it was it was a great season i wish that the episodes weren't so short but it was great i'm excited to watch their wedding i don't know when but it's coming up sometime early january the next show i watched this year was how i met your father season two now when i was watching season two i didn't know that the show was gonna get canceled but i'm like 99 percent sure that it got canceled so season two was the last season which sucks because you know what how i met your mother it's fun in its regard but I think How I Met Your Father was just as good. It had less offensive jokes. The characters were interesting. It had a similar feeling. This last season, season two, was like longer than normal TV seasons are nowadays. It was like 20 episodes. Like it was good. It was it, it was so good. It had the same sitcom-y like feeling, the same structure of How I Met Your Mother, but it made, in my opinion, improvements by not showing the children, by not, which then, allows them to change the plot it allows them to like how i met your mother literally the ending sucked so bad because they decided what it was going to be at the end of the first season or maybe like right at the beginning of the first season and then they wrote nine and then there were nine seasons of character development that they just had to undo 
And I think, in my opinion, when you're writing a TV show or just writing anything, unless you have a very clear outline of like the plot of like this happens and then this happens and then this happens and then this happens and obviously you can like make adjustments to the like minute details of like the, you know the specific episodes because there's always especially in sitcoms like gags that are like one episode and not important to the general plot but I feel like if you don't know like if you don't have everything super structured the way it's gonna go every single season you shouldn't like decide what the ending is gonna be but that's just my opinion because they literally like how am i your mother still bothers me because it feels like they had an ending idea at the beginning of the show and then the characters went a different direction just probably naturally in the writing process and then because the characters went in a different way they had to kind of revert the characters back to who they were in season one for the ending to make sense and i've even said i even talked about this with like gilmore girls a year in the life i feel like you can tell which characters amy sherman palladino didn't have like planned endings for that she didn't get to write because like rory feels very stuck like she doesn't feel like much has happened. Lorelai doesn't feel it with Lorelai doesn't feel like much has happened in the like 10 years. Her and Luke aren't married, even though a big plot, sorry, I'll, I'll end this tangent soon. But like Rory is still freelancing, figuring out what she wants to do. She's like sleeping with Logan, friends with benefits. Like it, it doesn't feel like her character, like it feels like Amy Sherman Palladino wrote both Lorelai and Rory, the way that she would have wanted to like write their stories in the last season of the show that she wasn't a part of. That's the way it felt. Where other characters, you could tell that they had moved on because I don't think she had this idea that she needed, that she, like she didn't have that story that she, like you just, in my opinion, shouldn't restrict yourself of like, this is the way I saw this character. This is how I saw wrapping this character's story up so i have to make it make sense instead of just being like that is not naturally where the story took me i guess is my thought and all of that to say that i feel like a lot of the restrictions that how i met your mother maybe had with the filming of the kids nine years before and then having to have like that ending that they filmed <laughs> when the kids were like, you know, that age that they filmed them. How I Met Your Father didn't do that. It had like different, like I feel like it improved a lot of the things that didn't age well in How I Met Your Mother, but it still had a lot of the same charm, a lot of the same mystery of like, who is the father? All those things, the characters were interesting. It was well acted, it was well written in my opinion. Like it was a good show, I genuinely liked it. And I feel like it was very much those kind of like nostalgic sitcoms that a lot of people really like of, of young adults in cities like New York most of the time. It really felt like it had a lot of those same things. Like, I don't know, I'm just sad that it got canceled. And I don't remember much about what I had to say about season two at the time but I really liked it and I'm sad that it's over. I think Sid was gonna be the father, but that's just my opinion. But anyways, on to another show that got canceled after the second season, Cruel Summer Season 2. Boy, did this disappoint me, Cruel Summer Season 2. I, I read that the writers were different 
I don't know if all the writers were different or if like maybe just the executive producer or like I don't know the production team and the writing team behind season two was different than season one and I feel like that was evident because it wasn't as good in my opinion I don't think it was poorly acted or poorly I don't know the the plot wasn't as interesting the twist wasn't as interesting it just it really it, it was it wasn't that good it, it was it wasn't that good i didn't love the way they framed the time jumps too like it was weird because it's called cruel summer but a big part of it is the fall too i don't know some of the characters were interesting but like it, it just felt like cruel summer season one and i i've rewatched cruel summer season one a few times it feels like everything was well thought out like it felt like cruel summer season two something would happen and then it was so irrelevant that it was like why like i feel like there were hints that then would amount to nothing and and were just not like i i don't know i feel like they would plant seeds that then they wouldn't water and then the the seed would just die in the soil if that makes sense i have to maybe rewatch the season and look back to exactly what happened in like episode by episode but it just like wasn't i didn't love it i had a lot of notes but anyways, on to claim to fame. This season was so good. Season one was great. I loved claim to fame season one. And I actually, it's funny because I was like, after season one, like they got really good people on season one. Like, will they get good people for season two or will it just be like irrelevant people? Which like nobody is irrelevant. Like they're famous. I'm not trying to like discount one person or the other. But I thought it was going to be more like B-list actors, relatives and stuff like that. But they literally had like the like a president's grandson. That's crazy. That's crazy. Jimmy Carter's grandson was on the show. Like that's, that's insane. And it was great. Like the, the gameplay was really good. I've talked about Claim to Fame quite a bit on this podcast because it just combines a lot of the things I like. Like it, it's competitive reality TV. It's like pop culture and celebrity kind of stuff because they're all related to famous people. I just, I, I really, really enjoy it. It's it's such a good show. I'm excited for season three if there is one. Who, who knows? They'll, they'll have Austin Swift on there next. I'm kidding. Um, I would know instantly. I'd be like, Austin Swift. If it was like Taylor Swift's cousin, I'm not going to know who Taylor Swift's cousin is, if she has any. Like I, Austin Swift, like if, I, I know who he is. I, you know what I think is so funny? Back in the day, I don't remember when this was, but I swear to God, I'm sure this existed. But like Austin Swift was like Taylor's date to some award show. And I'm pretty sure there was at least one article being like Taylor Swift's new mystery man. And they're talking about her brother. Like, but anyways, claim to fame, loved it. Big brother. I, I have nothing left to say about big brother because I talked about it for like 100 days straight. But this season of Big Brother, while not the best, it meant a lot to me because I feel like it was a very, and I've said this many times, but it was a very impactful, like creative outlet for me. With this podcast, I was kind of going through like a weird transition phase where I was talking mostly about reality TV and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And it was just a consistent source of something for me to talk about on here that I genuinely enjoyed talking about. I feel like it grew my love of Big Brother and the game of Big Brother. And I've like watched a lot of old seasons and I have like watched old seasons before, but like I really was like, I want to 
to watch every single season now and i haven't watched every single season but i've seen like i think this year alone and and a good amount of that was even walled this while the season was airing i think i watched like four seasons of old old big brother maybe more i watched season six and seven and then i watched eight and then i watched 12 and 13 so that's five and then i watched four i had already watched 14 and then i watched 15 16 and 17 so that's like seven seasons of big brother that i watched this year and i think probably like four five of them were while this season was airing season 25 was airing which is kind of crazy but it was just a very impactful season for me in terms of my like fandom with big brother like it was the first season i watched live feeds consistently so much so that i i i was on such a big brother kick that i was like i, I need to watch old seasons and compare and be like what are they what do i wish they were doing better now and and, and stuff like that like it was just such a meaningful 100 days of my life following this silly show of people living in a house in Studio City, California. Or maybe Burbank. Studio City and Burbank are like really close to each other. So the same, it's in the same vibe. Like maybe it, maybe it's technically a Studio City, but you like drive five minutes and you're in, in Burbank. Like it's, it's literally like super close. I, I know because I'm like, I'm, I'm not too far. I'm on that side of town. But I love to Big Brother. Did I love this season? The season was really good, and then at some point it, it 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 took a turn and it wasn't that good. But like the season itself was not the best season, but it was a very it was probably the most fun I've had watching a season of Big Brother because of how invested and involved I was in it and how much I was talking about it. Like that in that regard, it was one of it it wasn't the best season of Big Brother that I watched, but it was like the most enjoyable Big Brother season happening in real time for me personally in in recent history. So I really enjoyed it. Big Brother Reindeer Games was just okay. It it was a really fun like easy watch for like six episodes. I I I'm not gonna say I didn't like it. I did like it. I think it was sad to watch because I was like, you know, we could have had so much so comms that were so much better in Big Brother 25. Like it was kind of annoying to watch in that regard, but the cast was great. It was fast paced and interesting to watch and it was festive. Like it was a nice thing to 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 watch around the holiday season and, and make Los Angeles, California feel a little bit more like festive for me personally. So I did enjoy it and I, I hope they, they make more seasons. I, I think it was a fun, digestible watch, but I've said this many times. If that is what normal Big Brother becomes, then I will stop watching Big Brother. Like it was fun for a six episode spinoff. It, the regular main game Big Brother should not be that comp heavy. Okay, thank you. Other shows that I watched this year that were like, fine but i don't have much to say about my life with the walter boys i already talked about briefly it's like a worse version of the summer i turned pretty in my opinion wasn't that good i don't have many like deep in like in-depth notes because it was it was it wasn't that good i watched school spirits on netflix which i liked but i don't feel like i have much to say either but that's a really fun watch because it's kind of like a mystery like a girl dies and you don't know why she dies 
and the uh, the plot twist I didn't see coming. Like it was a good show. I I do recommend it. Like I just I watched it in one sitting. Not even like I watched it in two days. Like I literally like watched every single episode in a row, and then I went to sleep. <laughs> So I do recommend it. Um, what other shows did I watch this year that I, I don't have much to say about? Only Murders in the Building season three was just okay. It was just okay. Like I know it's called Only Murders in the Building, but like branch out. Like you guys are on a, <laughs> they're a true crime podcast and they only cover murders in the building. Like what is it going to devolve to? Like they're going to kill somebody to be able to have stuff to cover about? Like, I get it, but it's like at some point, I get it. People die in your building. Like, I don't know. This season, I I feel like, I don't know. I think season one was still the best because the whole like reveal that Selena's character knew him, like the guy who died the entire time. And then like all the layers because of her friend who had died and, and all of that, like it, it was interesting. Season one was really good. I do recommend season one. Season two was okay, but not as good as season one. I, I liked season three a little bit more than I liked season two, but it's just, it's, 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 it wasn't amazing. Will I watch the next season if it happens? Yes. But at this point, they should branch out. You can't just keep only covering murders in your building. Like they literally knew somebody who died, but they were like, he didn't die in the building, so we can't do it. But then, oh, he did die in the building, so now we can do it. Like just change your podcast name or just like expand. Like it doesn't matter. That's what you named it. It was catchy. You can pivot. Like that store that's called Just Food for Dogs, but now they sell cat food. I don't know if it literally just started as Just Food for Dogs, but like I've passed one before that has a sign in the window that says we also sell cat food. Like you have to pivot, you have to expand. They should do that for all the murders in the building. The Percy Jackson series is obviously happening right now and I love it so far. I didn't talk about episode three yet because last I talked only episode 22 were out, but episode three was great. I'm really excited for episode four. It's just it's a great adaptation i i'm really enjoying it and i will have more thought out well written things to say once i do the deep dive like i I don't want to dive too deep into my thoughts because i'm like that is what the dedicated episodes will be for but i love it so far as a big percy jackson fan it gets my stamp of approval not that they need it who am i i'm nobody (laughs) i'm kidding i am somebody okay i did my senior thesis in english at kenyan college about disability and young adult fiction i use percy jackson as a framework okay like i i like percy jackson in a very deep intellectual way literally but anyways succession ended this year which was like sad but really well done it was a really good season of succession i mean succession is just generally like a really good show i haven't talked about it much on the podcast because i said this once but i was like i feel like i don't have anything smart to say about succession like i come away from it and i'm like what do i have to say about succession what do i what's smart not even smart i'm like i have no interesting commentary i can't even make jokes i'm like i don't know i i don't know what to say about succession except that it was really good it was really it, like it it's such a good show anybody who says succession isn't a good show is a silly person in my book okay succession is such a good show like it's it's amazing it's amazing television i really recommend succession the last show i'm going to talk about is what i've been watching lately and that's suits i started watching it because my sister watched suits and then she was posting about watching suits so i was like should i watch suits and she was like yeah and you know what's funny is I had seen many people watching Suits. Even my mother came to visit me at the end of, or mid to late September, I can't remember when, but sometime in 
September, my mother came to visit me and we were having dinner and I was like, so what are you watching? Because I ask everybody that question when, <laughs> when I'm hanging out with somebody or I'm talking to somebody, like people are like, what's up? What updates do you have in your life? I'm like, so what kind of TV have you been watching? Genuinely, I ask everybody that question. So I asked my mom that and she was like Italian shows and also suits. And I was like, oh my God, I've seen so many people who have been watching suits. And so I had that in the back of my mind, but I was like, I don't, I'm not gonna watch suits. But honestly, I love it so far. I'm already on season two, almost at the end of season two at this point. <laughs> I had to stop watching it, not, not stop watching it, but I haven't watched it in a few days because I literally like associate it with my foster kid and Henry who I talked about at the beginning of this episode. Like he would just sit on my lap while I, while I watched Suits. Like I, I watched most of season one with him. I'm like, that's mine and Henry's show and I, Henry is no longer my foster kid. And <laughs> so I'm like, I, I can't watch, I can't watch Suits. So I've just, I've just been watching YouTube videos for the last two days because I, his, his foster mom picked him up Thursday morning. So it's only been like a day, <laughs> maybe like a day and a half. So it's fine, but I, I was watching it like a lot and it's a really good show. I will, I will continue watching it when I'm not in my, I also just want to say that I know I probably sound so dramatic about my foster kitten, but like I, I, you know, first of all, I'm PMSing. Second of all, I haven't had therapy in two weeks because my therapist is like on her holiday break. So I'm not mentally all here, okay? I'm doing my best. I'm just, I'm, I'm figuring it out as I go, but I do really like suits so far. I, I, I love suits so far. So much so that honestly, maybe I'll, I'll name my next foster kittens after, after the suits characters, but I don't really know. It, it's a great show. I think it's funny because I, thinking about the shows that I, like I, I've never liked medical shows and I thought I liked police shows, but honestly, I'm the more that I like watch Suits, the more I realized that when it came to law and order, I really, the law part is what was more interesting to me than the order part. <laughs> like the trials were always like Barba from SVU loved him. So I'm really enjoying the, the law aspect of, I mean, the law aspect that's most, I mean, it, it's not just what Suits is about because you also like get to know the characters and the people and it's about a guy who's not actually technically a lawyer and all of that. So like the, the characters themselves are really good, but even like the law aspect of it and the lawsuits and that stuff, like I, I find it very interesting, genuinely. So I'm really enjoying Suits and that's all, all the shows that I wrote down that I watched this year. I might have watched an Another show here and there that I forgot to mention. I obviously have rewatched Gilmore Girls many times this year. I've rewatched The OC, or I'm I'm currently in the middle of a rewatch of The OC. I haven't finished it. I watched and rewatched Yellow Jackets many times this year. Like I I genuinely I watched season one and then I rewatched it and then I or no I watched season one and the beginning of season two and then I rewatched season one and then I rewatched season one for a third time to take notes for my podcast. And right now I'm in the middle of rewatching Yellow Jackets as well. I, I I say in the middle, but I'll like I'll rewatch a couple episodes and then I'll take like two weeks or three weeks off because I just forget and then I I I, I pick them up. That's what I do with Gilmore Girls. Like I'm always perpetually rewatching Gilmore Girls. I'll just watch like. 10 episodes and then I'll take two weeks off <laughs> two weeks off as if it's a job but like I, I'll take a two-week break and then I'll watch like 10 more episodes so that's what I'm that's what I'm doing with Gilmore Girls right now and the OC actually I had to stop watching the OC or like I'm, I'm on a pause right now because I'm at the point where they're applying to colleges and 
and Seth and Summer both want to go to Brown. And that storyline honestly stresses me out a little bit. <laughs> not because they both want to go to Brown and not even because like, spoiler, 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 because Seth doesn't get into Brown. It's just the whole lying part. Like I literally cannot stand on TV shows where people will be like, I wait, you know what show? I Was that last year too? I don't know. I'm always like, oh my God, I forgot to talk about this show. And then I'm like, it aired in 2022, Emmy. That's why. Never have I ever end this year? Was that last year? No, never have I ever ended this year. Oh my God, I forgot to mention never have I ever. But even like that, when Davey like lies about getting into every single college, like that kind of stuff just stresses me out. I hate when people lie on TV shows, unless it's Big Brother, but like scripted TV shows, I hate like the lie plot line because it's like the lie always makes it worse. And I like, I understand why it's done because that's real life people lie sometimes, but it's like almost every single time on the, on the TV shows, the lie makes it worse. Or like, if you just told me and we had dealt with this from the beginning, but no, they lie and then the lie makes it worse and it's just annoying. And that's why I am honest. But anyways, can't believe I forgot to mention Never Have I Ever. That was really good, season four. I liked it. I was happy with the ending. Some people weren't, but I was. I might've missed some other show. I really tried. I really tried to like think back to every show I'd watched. I looked up shows that aired this year. But anyways, that is my general thoughts on the shows that I watched this year of 2023. And this episode will hopefully be out on the 31st. I think at this rate, I don't think it'll be out the 30th, but that's okay. This will be out the last day of the year, which is, is fitting. And if you listen to any episodes of the Emmy Awards this year, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. It means a lot to me. I put a lot of thought and care and love into this podcast. It means a lot to me. And I have my moments every now and then when I doubt myself and I like judge myself and I'm like, this podcast sucks. But at the end of the day, I'm doing my best. I'm getting better every time. I'm enjoying myself more and more. And that's what this, this podcast is for, for me to just talk about what's on my mind, you know? And when people listen, it means a lot. So thank you if, if you've listened at all. And I hope you stay tuned for 2024. I am excited for the new shows that I will talk about and the new adventures that I will take in my personal life that then I'll talk about on here. So who knows, maybe I will get a third cat. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I really can't afford it. Unless I somehow become like rich in 2024, I think two cats it's, is all I can afford for the foreseeable future because it's not even like like the time and the the energy i could definitely handle having three cats it's just vet bills right now if if one of my cats were to have like a medical emergency it would genuinely like set me back financially significantly like i i don't have disposable income that i can use and I do have pet insurance, but even that is like, I have to wait to be reimbursed. It's like a whole thing. Like I, I, I don't have money, you know? <laughs> Los Angeles, California is a very expensive place to live. So I, I can't afford three cats, unfortunately. I wish, honestly, like some people wish they were rich so they could buy a bunch of stuff. I wish I was rich so I could just afford to adopt as many cats as I wanted. And I honestly, I, I would have a limit for myself. But like three cats I could definitely handle if I could afford it. But anyways, sorry for the rambling, but also thank you if you listen and enjoy it. And you will hear from me next year. I'm just kidding. I mean, you will hear from me next year, but it'll be in a week. Thank you so much for tuning in and happy new year.